You're listening to I Got Questions, the podcast that explores common questions about God, Christianity, theology, the Bible, and everything in between. Today we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about worship music because why not eat the whole elephant, right? Like there's a phrase that goes with that, right? How to eat the whole elephant? It's like one, one, bite, one bite at a time, one bite right? At a time. So that's kind of what we're doing. Just one bite at a time. I'm gonna chomp away at some, uh, you know, theological questions that we have, questions regarding Christianity, and all that good stuff. So, uh, before we dive into worship music, let's just kind of share a little bit about our backgrounds with it and uh, our involvement. So, Shalise, you want to go first? Certainly. So I grew up in the Church of God in Christ, which is a Pentecostal denomination in the U.S. My church didn't really, the church that I went to didn't really have, like, children's programming. They just had choir. So everybody was in the choir, and so I've been singing for a very long time for Jesus. I went to college, I got involved in a campus ministry group, and that's when I joined the worship team. So prior to that, it was choirs, um, choir at church, choir in school. Um, and my school had a gospel choir, too, until I went to high school. Um, but yeah, then I learned like to lead worship on a worship team in college, and now I currently serve on the worship team at my church. Awesome. Molly, would you like to share next? So very similarly to Shalise, I have also been participating in worship um, all my life. At about four years old, I began leading worship at my Hispanic church that was Pentecostal. Um, and I led the children there um, until we moved churches to an AG church. And I led our youth worship on my own. And then I moved to college. And I also helped lead worship there. And when I moved into um, more of a formal church, I also helped lead worship at the church I'm at now. And I do not currently serve for a variety of reasons. On the worship team. On the worship team. How about you, Kristen? Uh, So I grew up in the Methodist church. And so similarly to Shalise, there was always a choir. I think I was in choir since I was like six. I didn't know it was worship. Um, Interesting. Or even called singing, I suppose, until, you know, on the worship team, quote, unquote, um, until I was probably in college. Um, But just to, yeah, back up. So I was in choir um, all through middle school, high school at my church. Um, And then we hit the um, well-known strange transition of having contemporary music in the church versus traditional hymns. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're a choir sing hymns. Well, no. And I think we could get, like, we sang Christian music. Um, I don't know that anybody called it worship music, but we sang contemporary Christian music. the high school, anyways. And then when I was in the adult choir, um, there might have been some like hip tunes here and there, Ooh. but you know, 
um, in the adult choir, but that ranged from like 20 year olds to 70 year olds. So anyways, when, um, yeah, probably after I graduated from college, I came back and at some point started helping with the worship band. Um, and then eventually led, helped lead that. And it was like an every other, it was once a month, um, to lead that. And then, cause like I said, that was kind of the slow transition of like leading, mm-hmm. um, music in a different direction. Um, and then I went to an AG church four years ago and, um, I think just like the size of the church overwhelmed me to be on that worship team. Um, and also just forming a community with the church first. And then, um, but that's where I think I learned what worship music is Mm -hmm. and what corporate worship is. And, um, yeah, that it's not just about the song or how well you sing or the talent or even the leadership of leading a band or picking a song. Um, and yeah, so I'm not currently on, on the team maybe soon, but yeah. So yeah, my, uh, my history is kind of scattered. Um, so I grew up in, in the church. I grew up in a non-denominational church, which would probably have been labeled, Pentecostal-ish, Pentecostal adjacent. I wouldn't say we were charismatic. Hmm. I think for me, I didn't grow up in like a restricted environment, kind of like what Kristen was just saying. Um, We were very open, but like we didn't, it was a small church, and so we didn't have like a whole band. Um, And my my church growing up went through a lot of interesting seasons because there were times we did have a band, but there were also times where we worshiped with tracks during service and that was also a very like normal thing um but we were very open with our with our worship to Jesus and so one of the seasons where like we would listen to tracks there would also be you know they'd be like backup or they'd be backup tracks so you'd still need a lead vocalist and we had like a little worship team with a bunch of the youth group at the time and that was my first uh exposure to being on a worship team um and so that was like my junior year of high school and then I went off to college, and I, I my experience with the worship team at that point was um, I was too scared to try to be on the worship team with my college um, college group, and so I instead started going attending a church in town, and I served as like uh, an audio production personnel, um, and so I did the mixing. I was behind the scenes because I was too nervous to like put myself out there. But I also had a lot of years of music experience. Like I did musicals um, for like 13 years. I did, my dad's a music teacher. And so I started learning music at a really young age. And so um, like I had years of experience, but there was some like super block there. And so I uh, graduated from college. And then when I moved back home, I started attending an AG church and that's where I really got plugged in, and I joined the worship team there. Um, it was like a year, a year and a half in, maybe a year, a year and a half in, um, to me, like, attending. And I, like what you said, forming the community first, I dove. My mom and I came at the same time. We dove straight in, 
and we got involved right away. And so that felt like a natural step for me. And it was also kind of exciting. And that was something that like was always a pull at my heart. Like I want to do this. Um, but I've not always had like the words for it or the, you know, whatever. So anyway, I served on the worship team for probably a handful of months and then I stepped away and I just recently joined it again um, earlier this summer. Let's dive into defining what worship music is because Shalise, I think you're the one that brought it up. Like there's a distinction between worship music and Christian music, which maybe like either title. Yeah, we honest. like yeah, we we use those titles a little bit loosely because it's like, what do you call this thing? Well, the thing I don't like is because it's called worship music, then people equate the music with worship, and you don't need music to worship God. Um, I think it's the Quakers worship in silence, which silence is a spiritual discipline just as much as singing is. But like when we're talking about worship music as a genre. There's definitely a certain type of song that fits into that versus what would be Christian contemporary, which I guess it's like Christian contemporary songs or maybe songs that Christians listen to that Mm -hmm. are written by Christian artists but aren't necessarily focused on the gospel. God. Mm -hmm. So like the song that came to mind when I was talking about that was that song called... uh, like, I don't even know what it's called. There can never be a more beautiful you. <laughs> Which used to come on Christian radio all the time. And that song has nothing to do with Jesus. I mean, it's an encouraging song. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's nothing wrong with it. But, like, you wouldn't sing that at church, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess some churches might. I'm sure there have been. <laughs> yeah, I like that distinction of, like, that we, like, I think we need to figure out, like, what fits into that category of worship music quote unquote and then what fits in the category of Christian contemporary well you have a question what's the purpose for worship music and so I think if you define the purpose then you define what actually fits into that category what's the purpose of worship music to bring glory to Jesus Mm -hmm. so in my mind as a person on the worship team but I'm not in charge of actually picking songs when I did pick songs, like when I formally led a team and I was in the role of picking songs, um, there were two, two things really that I felt like, or three main purposes that I felt like I had. One was, uh, if someone came and heard the music and then left after that without hearing the sermon, would they walk away knowing who Jesus was mm, and good. what he did for them? Mm. So I feel like the set of songs you sing need to share the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing was, if someone walks in here who's never been here before, will they feel included by this music? Um, and so for me, growing up in a black church, when I first came to the church I currently attend, which is predominantly white, I was like, I don't know any of these songs. Mm. And... Uh, I stayed mostly because someone offered me a ride every week. (laughs) It's it's like, are people going to be turned off because they're like, this place doesn't, like, this isn't the place for me because, like, these songs don't identify with my culture. Mm. And so I feel like the songs that you sing should be varied. And three, I feel like they need to help 
engage the congregation in actually worshiping Jesus. Yeah. I really love that. I think one of the things, because I, I worked as a campus missionary in ministry for five years. And so one of the big focuses on our campus was we, we had like a huge international student population. And so we would often talk about in Revelation how it talks about there will be people in heaven from every nation, every language, every tribe, you know. And so how do we how do we reflect that, you know, as kingdom people and we're wanting the kingdom of God to come to earth, like how do we how do we do that and how do we emulate what you know we see in scripture? <clears throat> and so we often would sing songs in different languages and different you know, styles, we definitely had different genres, and it was super awesome, like, it was edifying, we had a really diverse body, and so it was like, you know, when, when a student would, we even had so many students walk by, and just be like, oh, um, I heard your music, and like, your music is what drew me in, and on some occasions, it was like, oh, I heard music in my language, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think that's super valuable, and maybe not something that we think about enough, how we can like bring people in um, by diversifying the choice of worship music. On this segment of hitting it or missing it, (laughs) how do you think the church is doing with that? Are we hitting it or are we missing it? I think it depends. I can only speak for my church. It depends on where you go to church. Because I know as far as my church goes, there's absolutely no song sung in any language whatsoever, or of any diversity whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Except English. Except English. <laughs> yeah. And then coming from, like, a Latino background, where right. that's the church I grew up in, those were the songs I was singing, were in Spanish, and just different. It was an adjustment. It was very similar to Chalice, where it was like, I came to this church and I knew nothing of what they were singing. It was totally different from what I experienced growing up. And because my AG church growing up also sung songs in Spanish. And they have such a different feel. So like it's not even the same as just like translating the words. Like the songs themselves have different rhythms. Well, and even words are different. In Mm -hmm. other languages, they mean different things. Yeah. Kristen, did you guys always sing in English? Did you have any diversity? Well, I, say? I'm kind of like my wheel, wheels are turning about like Shalise's definition of, of worship and like teaching about the gospel and, and of course like actually praising and worshiping God in yeah. that. And so obviously like the majority of my church life in the Methodist church is hymns, mm-hmm. um, which definitely covers the gospel. Um, maybe more personally worships and praises God, not corporately. Um, and so I would suppose there were probably some hymns in there in a different language. There's definitely some Christmas ones I can think of. Um, but in general, no, I mean, we're predominantly white church and I think unfortunately we cater to what's already there. I think that's why I enjoyed being in choir so much because, 
like my our the high school choir was called Joyful Noise. Like oh fun. We that's what we were. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were having we had fun singing to God, and I so I think that you know fits into worship. We've talked about one of the things that you mentioned. You know, saying that there needs to be some kind of cultural representation, but also is this. Music telling the gospel story, will people leave knowing Jesus? Like, if that's our, if those are the parameters for what worship music is, and if Jesus is being glorified, where, where does that line at? Like, is there a clear cut way we can say nope to this song or yep to this song? I don't know that every song needs to preach the gospel. I was when I was sharing it was from my perspective of if you're picking a set of songs for like the corporate time of worship at a church that the gospel needs to be shared through the progression of those songs. Oh, okay. Um but for a song to be worship music, I think it does still at least need to talk about who God is and or what he's done. Yeah. Um I think part of it is too is leaving and being reminded mm-hmm. of who God is. And and often that's why I think they choose songs that have to do with, or, you know, based around the message of the pastor. Because, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm going to continue singing whatever we sang Sunday morning because it'll get stuck in my head or whatever it is. And that's the message you want people walking away with gospel slash what you need to be he- truth mm-hmm. what you need to be hearing yeah so worship music needs to be true mm. oh yes <laughs> it is biblically true yes mm. yeah how much should an artist's personal life affect our consumption it? of their worship music are we able to separate the artist from the song? I need to stop learning about these people's lives. Y'all just need to stay anonymous, please. Yeah, stay off of social media. Stay out of the news. Yes. No, I agree. Stay in I your marriage. Difficult but... too, I think what's difficult, too, is because some are the songwriter and some are just the singer. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and that's a whole other conversation. Right. Like... Then when I, I think when you're looking biblically, David wrote uh, yeah. the Psalms. Literally, at the times, sometimes, that he was sinning. Absolutely. Right. Murdering. Mm. Adultering. Well, he wrote the psalm after he did that and repented. But I think he also wrote psalms before that as well. So it wasn't like he just picked it up. When he was feeling bad. Yeah. I like that point, though. Mm -hmm. That came to my mind as well, Mm -hmm. of, like, David's life. Like, and I think so often we like to look at David and we love the part that's, like, David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, right. But he was also a hot mess. He was a hot mess. And that's so true of us too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think there is a way that we could separate the two. But I also think that there's a place where, yeah, I think there's grace for that. Because Mm -hmm. true worship music comes from a place of realizing our own depravity and a deep abiding with God. And so, like, when we deeply abide with God, we become extremely aware of our sinful nature and, like, how much like God we are not. And so I think it provides this space of like, it's this humble space really, where we're like, God, you see all of me. 
Mm-hmm. And or at least it should. And if it doesn't, maybe you should check your heart. Can a person write worship music and not do that? Check their heart? Mm-hmm. Or deeply abide with Jesus? Are the words true? It's a good question. Biblically? I think it can still be true. Whether a person like it's not our call to be able to look at somebody and say your heart's not right. Mm-hmm. I right. mean in a way it is, right? For holding each other accountable and like you have that access to somebody. I was going to say, we don't have the access to the people writing the songs. Sure, so sure, we sure. can't really hold them accountable. Yes. If you do have that accountability in a relationship, dive in. But like, yeah, like you're saying, like I don't think it's up to us to make that judgment call about a person that we don't know and we don't have relationship with and we don't have access to holding them accountable and being held accountable by them. And I still think that those words can be true because I know of so many worship songs that put words to things that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's a really whole, like cool, holy place, right? Where like God meets us and like he uses us to write those songs for other broken people, right? He uses broken people to write music to reach other broken people. That's good. Do I think we need to know every single detail about every artist's personal life? No. Like I said, I wish they'd stop sharing. I don't want to know. Yeah, I got my own <laughs> stuff I'm working on. So, do they need to be held accountable? Absolutely. I think that that goes into the last question nicely. What role does emotion play in worship music? At least in my head it made sense to connect them because I was thinking that... Yeah, give us a sneak peek into your mind. Yes. How does those connect? I'm not a super emotional person, guys, in case you didn't know. Um, (gasps) But uh, I think that emotion definitely should play a part in worship music. But I think that in our Pentecostal slash charismatic spaces, that it can play too much of a role. Mm, Yeah, I agree. And I think, given what we just said about the fact that we're not in the position to hold these artists accountable or even know what they're doing with Jesus that we really need to be discerning in the songs that we listen to and sing Mm -hmm. Uh, because we don't know what kind of shepherding they're receiving who's pouring into them, who's holding them accountable and uh, how much they're abiding with Jesus so it's like a song they might have written theologically sound songs in the past and the fact that this is their job like there is a pressure that you have to keep writing these songs in order for you to keep living um i personally don't understand how maverick city and elevation release the amount of worship songs that they do i'm just like how are you you still like how are you writing this many this quickly um, it's because they're on staff 40 hours a week. I guess. <laughs> it's a full-time job but, for them. <laughs> like, and so... And pro- probably <laughs> on topics they're required to do. That mm. goes into it, too. I mean, it's not their life, necessarily their life situation. Possibly. Well, yeah, I'm just like, with my cynicism, I'm like, y'all writing too much. It's like, I don't know if I should trust all this. So I just have to give everything a double check, a double look. Absolutely. I mean, there are songs that came out. There's a song. Man, it's real popular. I might get pretty spicy here in a minute, so just buckle up. Should we go into our hitting or missing? Maybe, in a second. I gotta be honest with you, though. There is a specific song. Um, 
and it's called Do It Again. And I just can't get on board with it. I don't think it's a conviction issue. It's a theological issue. Just from, like, the words. Like, for you have never failed me yet. I can't, I can't get past it. And, like, I've heard arguments that it's like, well, that's just the human perspective of, like, it's our, our faint hearts, you know. We just, we just have such a hard time trusting God. Well, then, if it's a worship song, if this is supposed to be a corporate worship song, aren't we meant to encourage our hearts and encourage our spirits to trust God and not lay in that place of, like, I'm struggling to trust God. Like, no. Why don't we, like, actually sing truth and, like, that yet? So I thought I had this conversation with I you. I don't like it. The other day, but apparently it was with Molly because she said the I exact brought up the same, exact same thing. song. But the years. exact moment, that word, yet, throws it all off. Years. I've had an issue with this song. Yeah. And it's that, like, it's a great song, right? Like, I, it's got that powerful bridge, like, I've seen you move the mountains, and I believe that you're going to do it again. And I truly believe that. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. that gets us fired up, and that's great. And I love that, like, emotional aspect of it. But I also think it tempts us to stay in that emotional space mm-hmm. a little too much. Like, I believe with worship music, we're meant to engage our whole self. It's a holistic experience. Body, soul, spirit. Yeah. You know, heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, will, emotions, all of that. I don't believe emotions are bad. I think there are some little pockets, you know, of Christianity that would be like, nix the emotions. We don't do that here. But, like, I don't think that's the way God designed us. God is emotional. Exactly. And so, but I think there's a place where that balance is at. And so I think some worship songs can actually tempt us to be in that space where, like, I'm actually just hanging out here with my emotions. And I'm relying on my emotions for this thing. And I expect to go into this worship experience and come out emotional Mm. or like I want this song to make me cry I want to get to this place and that's probably even like a whole nother topic crying Mm. is a beautifully therapeutic thing Mm -hmm. the Lord meets us in a special way there but is there a purity in approach to writing and presenting the songs and that is on the you know that's on the worship leader and the songwriter right like Mm -hmm. Am I creating a song because I want to make people feel a certain way am I leading this song and getting pumped up like visually from the stage to make the congregation get involved or am I like just really pouring it all out to Jesus right here mm-hmm. and again those are things that like we can't make the calls on but we can like ask ourselves what are we doing in this moment how are we handling this that's good do you know that song healer I believe you're my healer yeah. do you know the story behind that one no. apparently he wrote it with saying that he had cancer. He was faking cancer. And he was faking it. What? It's a cover of a porn addiction. Oh, man. Like he had intense. like an oxygen mask on and everything as he's Why? singing the song. Yeah. <laughs> Full-blown, like, deception. But Whoa. that song has a lot of truth in it. But it, yeah. Yeah. But people also reacted to it really emotionally. Mm-hmm. Because of all of that backstory right. that's tied to it now. So then when you find out the backstory and you find out the lie, it's like, this song is ruined for me. Or... Man, I gotta untangle all that. Yeah. I was really disappointed when I found that out. Yeah. But the words are still true. Yeah. 
Man, this has been a really good conversation, and I still, I think I'm walking away with more questions, but the good news is we don't have to have all the answers. It's true. Because we know the one who does have all the answers, and Jesus it's probably- the answer. That's right. For the world today. Amen. Are you quoting a song right now? I am. How appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice, though, to hear from the people who are listening. Yeah, we would absolutely love to hear from you. So if you guys have your own questions, if you have thoughts to some of the things that we've talked about today- Please connect with us on social media. We are going to be on Instagram. We're also going to be on Substack. So comment on there. Send us some messages. Get in touch. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts too and including some of your questions in later episodes. But that's all the time that we have for today, unfortunately. So thanks for tuning in. And hopefully this uh, got you thinking about worship music and what that means for people who are following Jesus today. Bye. Bye. Amen. (laughs) Peace.